devil in the deep sense. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, hopefully he'll get into it the more games that he plays and it could be very promising, yeah. Yeah, I think he grew and grew as the game went on, Paul. And it's good signs that I'm not, a, you know, a follower of Australian Rugby League. But, you know, people were making big noises about him and, you know, after the performance on Saturday, you know, it's so much to look forward to. He's got a very good reputation. I mean, if you look at his, his record in the in the NRL, he's like averages a try every other game. I think he's played about played about 100-odd games and scored 50-odd tries. So he's got a good strike rate. Um, but he, he does. He, he doesn't look like he's, he's missing that sharpness at the moment. Well, that's going to come in it with game time. He's not probably match fit yet, is he? And, I mean, I saw him at the Saints game and the, and the Cast game and he did look a bit off the pace to me. But I thought he looked better on Saturday and he took his two tries really well he showed strength and the, the first try we scored it was really good hands I thought that and a, and a good finish from Vido in the corner he showed a bit of strength there to get over yeah and then obviously from the kickoff, Flanagan knocks on and Widnes get an opportunity to hit back uh, through Hanbury uh, you know it's the kind of thing Gaz that, that happens you know we, we get a, you know the score and then not able to, to back it up the next set yeah memories of the cast game <laughs> really but um, yeah, I mean, I think that was the first half all over, though, wasn't it? I mean, if you look at the look at Gaz O'Brien, who has been solid for for most of the season, you know, he couldn't catch a cold for for a lot of that game. And it's just, I think it's just the way it went. Um, I think it, it, it was like Paul said. I mean, Windus should have been further ahead than than what they were, and um, that was. I think that's just the way that our half went, really. Yeah, I saw Windus had a couple of tries disallowed. Uh, through the video technology, Paul. I know we moaned about uh, technology in the past, you know, doing us harm, but this time it, it saved our bacon. Yeah, I thought, you know, you, you don't always get the rub of the green, do you? And we've been on the rough end a few times, especially that, that cast game. But looking at, you know, the video on Saturday, that, that obstruction, it could have gone either way. That If you if you take your Salford blinkers off and just watch the gate, you know, as a neutral, could have gone either way, really. Couldn't, decisions like that can go either way sometimes. And, you know, we were fortunate, really, because witness were on top there. And uh, we had to do a lot of defending in that in that first half. So, really, I mean, those video ref decisions probably, probably helped us, really, because we probably would have been out of sight. Yeah, I think obviously that first 20 minutes, Junior Sal made a wonderful break. What an offload uh, to, to Tompkins as well, guys. You know, he's, he's showing great farm at the moment, Junior. He's a different player to what he was last season, basically. If he's up there with the, the very best uh, players of the season, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and then obviously witness score through Chris Bridge uh, and Salford Trail at uh, 10-4, uh, Paul. You know, at that point, what were you thinking? Obviously, you know, going six points down, uh, going towards half time, it's it's a you know it's a it's a difficult phase of the game. Yeah, it was a bit nip and tuck though. We were always in it, but then they got a penalty then right at half time, didn't they? And got like an eight point cushion, and you start thinking, well, we're fearing the worst there, really. You know, they get another one and we collapse. But I think we made a stern of stuff this season. You know, years gone by, we might have done, but we haven't really folded up in many games this season, really. And we've. Uh, the second half was totally different. We showed that grit and determination, and as you'll probably go on to in a minute, they couldn't really get out of their own half. We uh, we we side them out good good style in the second half. Yeah, a bit undisciplined in, in the first half, but we we cleaned up in the in the second half and built a lot of pressure on Widness, Gaz. Um, you know, eight minutes of pressure uh, on that Widness line before uh, Carney goes over. You know, you build the pressure on, on teams and, and they crack, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah, we, I think we smothered them a lot more in that, that uh, second half. Like you say, you can only take so much, can't you? Especially when we have players like your Carnies and yourselves who can just bust through a tired line. So, yeah, pressure, pressure tells. Yeah, and then a big kick uh, to the corner. Junior South passes back, and then Daniel Vito with the ball in his hands again goes over in the corner, Paul, uh, and, and we lead the comeback. He's on. Yeah, about, about 10, 12 minutes to go there, and. 
you know, it set up a, a grandstand finish, really, didn't it? 16 points to 12, he was hanging in there. But the, the crucial out in the mouth bit for me was when uh, I think Widnes were attacking us there. With, I don't think it was long to go. And Justin Kearney came up with a with a belting tackle to put the Widnes man into touch. I'm not sure who it was now, but I uh, I was flapping a bit there, I can tell you. But but yeah, I thought the second half, I thought we did really well. We, we starved Widnes of the ball in our in our 25, really. They didn't have a lot of opportunities because they've got sort of Reese Hansbury on there, uh, Miller. Kevin Brown, who always seems to have a ball of a game against us, three sort of pivots in their side who cause a lot of problems, and we didn't give them the opportunity to really. I thought we uh, we kept them in their half, kicked them, kept them down there, kept kicking to the corners, and uh, you know Michael Dobson for me on on Saturday, as he was in the Saints game, I thought he, the last two weeks he's been outstanding. Yeah, game management—that's what we talk about a lot on this podcast. And Gaz, Joe Dobson got us around the field and, and manoeuvred the result for us. He did. I mean, I didn't think he had his best game. Uh, I know he got the man of the match and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he did what he needed to do, I suppose. I thought the both half-backs for both teams were pretty, um, well, not non-existent, but Lean Lewis, Lewis still looks a bit injured to me. I don't know if he's still carrying, I think he's carrying an injury. I think yeah. He is, yeah. And, uh, and obviously, with, with Brown was, was seen non-existent. So... Yeah, so Salford led uh, into the dying seconds. O'Brien kicks a, a penalty, Paul. You know, what you think was the right decision going for the goal at that, that point? Oh, uh, I said that to my dad at the time. Like, What's he kicking for goal for here? You know, because if he, say he kicks it and then we knock it on from the kickoff, they, they could get a draw out of it. So I don't know. I think I'd have, I'd have run it there, you know, um, and put some more pressure on them and just made them re- return the ball. But yeah, I don't know. He, it doesn't really make any odds now we won the game, didn't we? There's always a debate on whether you should have took the two, but I think sometimes when you you sort of a score in front, you want to just keep the keep the ball, don't you? Keep playing in that end. They're not going to be able to score when they're five yards from your line, are they? So, but it all worked out in the end, which is the main thing. I suppose it's hard to to get involved in in pressure moments, Gaz. And obviously, you think they actually kicked the goal, so they had to, you know, try and defend that pressure moment. Obviously, they didn't do because Winners got the ball back and nearly scored. But, you know, obviously, to see how you react in that pressure moment, it might have been a plan to see, you know, how far we've come, like. At the time, I mean, I, I was thinking it could go either way. And then I kind of thought, well, actually, we could go for the goal, waste that time, and then miss on purpose, you know. Uh, so, at least a further down the pitch. Because I always remember was, uh, going back at the Willows when we played Witness, tight game, and I think it was uh, was O'Neill for witness dropped a goal, uh, which only put them about three points in front. And then we got the ball off the kickoff and scored. And that always sticks in my mind that you know from the halfway line you can always you've always got a chance. So yeah, it's a bit touchy, but I could have gone either way to be honest with you at the time. So I wasn't that mired about it. And so of course they had a chance to score it. Yeah. Like I say, you know, it's a result which we needed. And, you know, I thought, you know, Ben, ben Murder Masala collects the ball at the end and it shows that, you know, when the scramble's on and the pressure's on, Paul, you know, the, the players can come up with it. Yeah, yeah, the pressure was definitely on there. And I know people have been talking about this this run that Witness have been on, uh, losing sort of seven or eight games on the trot. But I think if you look at the, the league as a whole, there's an awful lot of teams in and around where we are who are pretty similar. I think Huddersfield are, are on the march now. They're, they're sort of getting up. There's a lot of teams who are quite... Ability-wise, you know, quite quite a, a similar standard, really. I wouldn't say we were miles better than Witness, and I wouldn't say they were miles better than us. We were pretty, pretty even with them. So to get that that result was massively important for me because I think if we'd have lost on Saturday, I think the top eight was going to be an hard, yeah. an hard task, really. But, but now I think 
with the two home games we've got now against Wakefield and Wigan, I think we've got a massive opportunity now to start building some momentum. And we've had opportunities this season before where we've won a game and then we've blown it the next week. So I think it's vitally important now that we, we grasp it with both hands. Yeah, so here's what Ian Watson had to say about the victory against Widnes at Magic. That must relieve the pressure a little bit, Ian. Yeah, it was a good win for us. It was obviously important. We we, we got back on the horse, as they say, and, and got a win. Um, obviously, the first half, I thought... We made, made ourselves do a lot of defending first half, to be fair, but obviously there's a bit of an ill out there, and I think it plays more of a factor than what people think out there, because like second half, we spoke about the way we wanted to play the game, and pin them back in the corners with a kicking game, and let our halves manage that. And to be fair, they did that, and we, we was always confident we'd come through the other side if we was in that game at half-time, and um, that's what it's proved to be. There'll be a lot of talk about them obviously they're on a bit of a slide but how much credit do your boys deserve for overturning that deficit? Yeah well they were more like full strength weren't they um, today um, that's as good a team as they've had for a while out with um, Bridge and Brown and all them back in so they, they were at full tilt um, they, they played well they kind of managed the hill first half second half they, they got what we got in the first half they had to defend a lot of goal line um, shots um, we just took our opportunity I think we bombed a lot of opportunities as well to be fair and it, it should have been a bit more comfortable but that's the game, and it's you. You live and die by your options that you take. Yeah, look, yeah, it's been three games now. How's uh, everything going with Yeah, he's um, he's he's working hard. He's still short of match fitness and stuff like that, and, and his game. And to be fair, he's he's not fully there with his shoulder, with his strength yet. He's um, but like I say, he put his hand he put his hand up the other week, saying he's fully fit, he's ready to go. Um, he's working on everything else during the week, so he'll only get better, Daniel. Um, his first two games weren't sparkling by any stretch of the imagination, and Daniel knows that. Um, this game was probably better, um, and hopefully he'll get better as it goes as well. So there's no panic about Daniel or any kind of his performance. He just needs to get match fit, get used to the games over here, and build on what he's doing at the moment. Given how so they look like the most vulnerable team in the eight witness to, to drop out, how big a win is it in terms of your contest this season? It's a good win for us. Oh, well, our game's going to be massive for us because obviously the points, so we need to keep reclaiming them points back. So every game we go into, we need to make sure that we're coming out the other side as winners. However it is, whether it's by a great performance or whether it's by a scrappy win, we just want to get the wins. Have you put that points deduction out the window for the, for the lads going out on the pitch? Oh, we, we ignore that, to be fair. Um, we, we deal with what we, we can deal with on the rugby side of things and um, everything else will take care of itself. Uh, Marwan's looking into doing that stuff, so we'd rather focus on what we do, which is play rugby and coach rugby and just go forward there with the attitude that we want to win every game we go in and hopefully that'll take us to the top eight with all about them points. How was Jake Bibby? Yeah, he's all right. He's, um, he's, he's had a tough day today, and he's um, there's a few things, but some of them weren't weren't down to him individually. He just he's, he's a young centre back rower, and he, he just needs to learn little things about obviously when people go in, he's got to go in and kill with them. Um, so he's not he's not done um, bad by all the stretch of the imagination. He's done all right, and then to come back in the second half like he did, a, he out jumped somebody for the catch, and then nearly got a try. I mean, that would have been brilliant for him for his confidence going forward. But just speaking to him in there and just say these are experiences that um, you learn from, and, and he's taking that approach as well. He's, he's a good kid, mate. There's a few of the lads in there that's, that's 
first time they played Magic, such as BMO yeah. and what have you. How have they found it? Yeah, oh, they've enjoyed it. They loved it. I mean, they were taking pictures before the game and stuff like that as well, which was always a little worry when you're getting um, involved in all kind of the emotion of the game and stuff like that. But we spoke about that um, before we got changed and about taking that out and like, not playing the, the occasion because obviously it's new to a lot of lads like it is to Ryan Lannan and um, Jake Bibby, the young lads. So they all have different emotions coming into a game like this as well. But it, it's a great showpiece and they, they all get a lot out of it. So, Ian, what's an happy there, Paul, about, you know, the result and, you know, saying that Vido, there's, there's lots more to come? Yeah, I think he's sparring with Daniel Vido. I mean, I think he's going to be a good player. I mean, you don't play play the seasons he's done in the NRL and have that sort of a try score and, you know, being a duck egg. He's obviously a decent player, isn't he? And he, like he said about his, getting his strength back and that, when you have like sort of injuries like that, with his pectoral, you know, it does take it take a while to build it back slowly. And he, like as Ian said, he's put his hand up and he wants to play and that, and that's good. So I think he's only going to gonna improve on that over the next few weeks. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, Logan Tompkins with 35 tackles, Cop Jack with 48, Flanagan with 30, Adam Warren with 28, Gaz. You know, the forwards made loads of tackles and, you know, worked hard that day. Uh, yeah, they did. I mean, with Kopchak, he tells because he made a bit less metres than the, the the rest of the forwards. But yeah, 48 tackles. I mean, that is uh, some work rate. Yeah, looking at the uh, metre makers, Justin Carney with 182, uh, uh, Kopchak 118, Joshua Jones with 113. Uh, you know, Paul, you know, when you get over the 100 metre mark, you know, it's a good sign that you're going forward. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and Justin Carney, I thought he was, he played. I thought he played really well the week before against Saints, and bad in the the one knock on I think he did on on Saturday. He's, he's sort of cleaned his game up. He seems to be concentrating a lot more now because he has made a few few errors this season. But yeah, he's he's a hard man to stop, isn't he? When he gets going, he's, he's got a bit of pace about him, hasn't he? But uh, but yes, yeah, if you get in over hundred meters in a game, you've you've worked really hard there for me. Yeah, like you said, work rate uh, was outstanding. Cop Jack with seventeen carries, Justin Carney with seven uh, fourteen. Uh, Vido with 20 um, you know it's sharing the workload Gaz and you know it's good that teams do that yeah I mean we probably have to but I mean if you look at again like Junior Sow when you're five runs from dummy half you know taking that pressure off Justin Carney for I mean they are big enough to do that aren't they they're big enough and strong enough to take that pressure off so our back line is very important I think in that regard who was your man of the match Paul? Yeah, oh, it's an hard one. That I'm going to go for Dobson. I know. Um, I don't think he was like at full tilt. I don't think everything that he did was perfect. But I'd give it him just for his commitment and his desire. Same against St. Ellen's. The, the lad's working his socks off. And I don't want to like have a go at Robert Louis, but I don't think he's fully fit, Louis. And I think Dobson's having to do a lot of work on his own and sort of do do quite a bit of work for Louis. I don't think that's a fault of Robert Louis. I think he's, he is carrying injuries. You can tell the way he's running, but I just think the effort that Michael Dobson's putting in at the moment, I think second to none. Yeah, just looking at the three-word match reports uh, that uh, listeners have brought uh, to us, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Young, uh, better second half, his man of the match was Jones, Paul Hume, need more discipline, his man of the match was Video or Cop Jack, uh, the man, the myth, Marky Mark Scallon, much needed result. His man of the match was Junior Sal Paul Foster. Second half improvement. His man of the match was Cop Jack. Uh, Chairman Bob, scruffy win. And his man of the match was Junior Sal. Um, Gaz, what do you reckon your man of the match was? Ooh, uh, tough. I mean, I, on the day I thought Jones was a bit of a standout for me. But for Vido to score the opening try and then the, what ended up the winning try, I thought Carney had a good game as well. Obviously, you know, probably a game-saving uh, tackle at the end. So, 
A bit of a cop out. It would be in between. Uh, oh no, I got. I say Josh Jones. Josh, Josh Jones. Jones. That's it. Cool. Uh, Mark Wild. Um, we've got a lot on our Facebook page uh, this time. Uh, good win today. Shame about the six points that uh, you've lost. Your league position would have looked better. He's not. He's not wrong there, is he, Paul? No, he's not. And I believe we've got an appeal coming up, haven't we, soon? So, uh, you know, if we can get some points back, I mean, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I tell you what, it'd uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons in Yorkshire if we do get some points back, wouldn't it? We'd be, uh, everyone would be slagging us off then, wouldn't they? But it'd be interesting because if we had 14 points now, we'd be like seventh, I think, wouldn't we? Seventh or six or seventh, something like that. So we'd be right up there with a chance of maybe the top four. But I think even with the points deduction, I'm confident we can get the eight, eighth spot. I think anything above eight is going to be difficult now, especially with this mad run that Wakefield are on. And they've got 16 points, I think, now, Wakefield. So they are to, to catch them up. But uh, I think Widnes and Hulkingston Rovers, who are just above us at the moment, I think they're they're there for the taking them too. Yeah, also got a lot more um, three-word match reports on our Facebook page. Uh, my dad uh, said, beat penalty count. His man of the match was uh, Vido, uh, Julie... Burnley, uh, her man of the match was Cockjack and her three-word match was Salford self-belief. Uh, John Davis, well done Salford. Caroline Warwork left it late. Her man of the match was Carney. Uh, Auntie Shaw uh, says, nice one Salford. Um, and her, oh, her man of the match was all of them. Uh, Tony Dell, great team effort. Uh, Debbie Leo, uh, her man of the match was Carney. Uh, Matt Scott um, was Cockjack. Mike Greenwood, love you, Salford. Natalie Taylor, proud of the performance. And her man of the match was Sal. But, yeah, you know, lots of interaction this week uh, from the uh, from the listeners, uh, Gaz. And, you know, winning at Magic, it, may, it lifts everyone, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, because, as we've said, I mean, it, 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 there is a chance, even with, with the points deduction, if we're going to keep the points deduction. Next two games, you know, Wakefield... It's easy to take them lightly, and obviously they're in very good form, uh, and we're going to obviously somehow at the top of the league. They seem to have kind of stumbled away to the top of the league, and that might be doing a bit of a injustice. But I think we have a chance against those two, and that's what it's all about. That's all we need, isn't it, Gaz? A chance. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, and and obviously he's got leads. After that, we've got a terrible record. But again, it's not a game that you're looking at thinking, oh my God, 50, 60 points. And none of them three are. And, you know, to be fair, with Wigan and Leeds, it's not many times that you can say that, can you? Watching no. Salford. No, exactly. The, 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 the top teams aren't having it all, the way, all their own way this time, Paul. Uh, and it's a good sign that, you know, we're in form after a good magic weekend. You know, we can kick on from here and post a few more victories in our quest to get back to the eight. Yeah, certainly hope so. I mean, yeah, Wigan and Wakefield are both going to be tough. I think Wakefield will be tough because, like we're saying, they're not the um, the pushovers they were last season. Either they, you know, I've seen quite a bit of them this season, and they do they they, they play they do play as a team. And I like the tempo that they play. They're a bit like Castleford. I, I watched. I stayed behind to watch the Castleford game on Saturday, and I was really impressed with them. I mean, they were they were bobbins for the first twenty minutes. Warrington went fourteen 0 up, but they seem to play at a really high tempo, and that's how Wakefield really enthusiastic. I mean, they've not got like loads of superstar players. But they're going to be dangerous and they're going to come to Salford and we're going to have to be on our game. But the Leeds game as well, I mean, I'm just looking at their fixtures today. I think they play Warrington away this Friday and they've got Catalan at home next week. Two really tough games and they play us. So please God, we're not the fall guys. Please God, we can go there and do what Castleford did to them. I hope so anyway. Yeah, we'll have to look forward to that game. So what we'll do uh, now, we'll have a look at what's happening in the news this week. So loads going on this week 
in Salford, the world of Salford Red Devils. We're going to start with a bank holiday Monday fun day at the AJ Bell Stadium. Uh, Paul, you know, it's going to be a great event. Lots going on. Yeah, there is. It's a chance for people to meet and chat with the players and chat with Ian Watson. And I believe they're having a, an open training session, I think, as well, aren't they? So, yeah, I think it'll be great. That I'm, I'm looking forward to actually taking my two kids down. And, uh, yeah, it should be a good day. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to take my son with me uh, to the family fun day. And it's going to be great, you know, showing around and all the players and, and all things going on. Uh, I know there's a skill uh, section going on as well, Gaz. You know, you fancy chanting your arm, seems you're the best, the quickest soul fan or the strongest soul fan. 15 years ago, maybe. <laughs> I, might give, I might give at least one person a room for the money. But um, yeah, I think it's good. I think the, the on the right lines doing these kind of things because we need to get a bit of love for that stadium, don't we? And, uh, and stuff. And getting the kids more involved in meeting the players. So hopefully, fingers crossed, the weather will be all right and it'll be a good day. Yeah, 11 till 2 it is on Bank on the Money. So get yourselves down there uh, and enjoy the day. Um, after the success of the Super Josh shirts, uh, Raging Bull decided that they're going to get some more in uh, for us, Paul. You know, it's going to be good, obviously. You know, lots of people bought them the first time round. Uh, people like us who haven't had a chance to get them yet uh, will now have the opportunity. Yeah, I think I might invest in one myself because they, they look really nice. I think they look really smart on uh, on Saturday. It's for a, a great charity as well, isn't it, for... Uh... The Super Josh. So yeah, it, it, that's brilliant that they've got some more. Because yeah, it looked it looked. I thought it was the best shirt of the weekend. Anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. I think obviously it looks really smart. You know, looks like I say it's supposed to be a superhero, but you know, it, it, it's a definite. You know, touch of class, guys. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah, well, it's the sentiment, isn't it? You know, really, it, it's a, a charity that um, uh, a lot of the Salford fans feel strongly about and uh, like you say it was it was a cracking turnout for those shirts i mean i didn't have one myself but uh you know who would have thought a blue shirt would be one of the most popular selfie shirts eh? yeah so get your chance to get one now gaz uh, my raging bulls decided to make some more uh, next bit of news justin carney banned for one match paul after his uh, a tackle uh, at the magic weekend for me it was it was somewhat nothing what do you think yeah i don't, I don't know i mean sort of 20 years ago you'd have got away with that wouldn't you but now it's, there's a big clamp down. There seems to, to me with the NFL on on lots of things, really. Isn't it? I mean, look at look what Niall got banned for the week before. It it just seems very heavy-handed at the moment. And from one week to the next, you don't know what someone's going to get. I mean, I watched the like I said, I watched the Warrington and Catford game, and Ashton Sims takes somebody's head off, and yeah, he's not got a ban. So I don't know. It, it's very, there's a lot of grey areas, isn't there, at the moment with tackles and things like that, and players getting banned. It just seems a bit crazy. Yeah, I think the inconsistency. Of it inconsistency of it Gaz you know Justin Carney gets a one match ban for you know something nothing but then you got uh, Sims taking someone's head off and he doesn't get anything yeah that's it it's inconsistency I mean you can see some of the stuff Dave Taylor's been doing this year for Catalans and it was kind of unpunished uh, yeah I don't know what to say really uh, about that uh, I'm not not going down the line that it's a vendetta against us per se but it does seem that one player gets done for something gets a big ban or any kind of ban, and then it happens the week after, and nothing happens, you know, no case to answer, yeah, strange mm. one. Yeah, so uh, Marwan's uh, got his wish uh, to have an appeal heard independently by the Sports Resolution uh, Organisation, Paul. You know, it's a good sign he wanted that, and that's what he's got. 
Yeah, I do. I just hope they don't find something else and deduct more points. I mean, if we get some back, it's a bonus, isn't it? But as long as we don't get any more taken off. Uh, but yeah, he, he obviously feels we've, we've got a case. And I, I heard the press conference on that. And you can understand where he's coming from on certain things. But at the end of the day, I don't know. He's not actually denied that we did break the salary cap. So if we have, I can't see us getting the points back. But I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see on that one, won't we? And hopefully, you know, it'll be a positive outcome for us. Yeah, Gav, Marwan's been on Twitter uh, talking to his mate Nigel again. Uh, you know, with the for further evidence and, and now they've got it and, and that's why they decided to go to the appeal. Yeah, I mean, what Marwan's saying basically is he, the extra evidence the AFL's got is pretty tenuous. This is interesting. It's when, when you invited me on the show a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of the opinion that it wasn't worth appealing because the appeals process is that it's an AFL ban, you know, that, that does it. But with this being an arbitration panel, totally independent, and their big kind of high-profile cases, most of them have been quashed, they've been turned around. So this is what makes it interesting. I think what it's going to hinge on is uh, why the, the salary cap was broken. And I think what Marwan's kind of uh, issue is that they only went over the cap just over a week, and he's blaming it on RFL negligence. He's basically saying, we've submitted the paperwork, you weren't fast enough, and that's why we're over the cap. I imagine that's what he's going to go for, and it'll hinge on that, whether the panel or you know this this, this organisation is going to say, yeah, that's not enough evidence and, and turn it around, or whether they'll just go with the RFL. And, uh, but I don't know what's going to happen if, uh, if he loses. Because if it's the RFL, then, yeah, you can be given more points, you can be given more uh, a bigger fine. But with this arbitration, both sides have to agree on what happens because both sides share the risk and the money. So they'll both pay whatever it is, they'll pay three, five thousand, ten thousand each or whatever it's going to be, and they'll agree to the terms. So I imagine what it will be is there'll be no right to appeal and whatever happens, happens on the day. So if win or lose, it, that's the end of it. So maybe if we do lose, I don't know whether that would mean there'd be further points or fine deduction in this case, which makes it quite a bit more interesting, I think. Yeah, it's a bit of a tightrope, like, like Gaz uh, said there, Paul. But, you know, mm -hmm. he asked for it to you know be looked at by an independent body, and, and that's what he's got. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, he'll he'll get his points across, and they'll they'll the dice will fall at our end. Yeah, well, he's just finding out about this. Um, you know, like last week we were talking about what the, the Jake Milady and Kevin Locke situation, which seems to be quite a big thing. And I remember speaking to somebody at the time, and I don't want to name names or anything, but you know, just looking at it now from an outside point of view, it looks to me like he hasn't been policed properly. And I think Marwan's got a very very strong case because. If it was supposed to be a live cap, like we were saying, we would have been done then. But it seems to me like there was nobody in that role policing it. And we've sent them the paperwork and it, it all sort of fits together, doesn't it? As if that's what's happened. And if that is what's happened, I mean, there's no way they should be taking them points off us. But we'll have to wait and see what this, this tribunal says and check it from there, won't we? It'd be a big red face uh, for the uh, the RFL, guys, if it, if it does land in Marwan's favour. Yeah, and it could be more than that because um, reading one of the papers today, um, they've done a, a piece on uh, asking of a Super League chairman and of a Super League CEO whether they would support a breakaway. And pretty much everyone says no, they wouldn't. 
but they all have their issues with the certain areas of the RFL, this being a discipline, a disciplinary panel being one of them, and this kind of thing, policing salary cap. So if that was to happen, I think he would actually get some hope from other chairmen to say, right, someone's head's got a roll, someone's got a change. So it could be a significant ruling if it's quashed, I think. I think getting in support, uh, Paul, that, that's the, the key point for me, because obviously if it's just Marwan by himself, it, it looks like a Salford thing, but if the whole of the Super League get behind him and the Rugby League get behind him, then it's a whole different kettle of fish then. Yeah, it, like you say, it's just getting that, that support and getting them chairman behind it. But like I was saying to you, um, you know, reading in the press this week and that there doesn't seem to be a lot of support for him at the moment from, from chairman. But the thing is, you're halfway through a season, aren't you? And I don't think certain chairmen are going to want to rock the boat. You know, they don't want to disturb what's going on at their clubs, you know, if they're doing well. But the disciplinary side of it, I think something's got to change because as a supporter going week in, week out watching him, you, you see an incident in the game and you think, bloody hell, what's going to happen there now? Is he going to get a ban for that? And that, that you, you never used to be like that in rugby league. You've only got back 10 years so it wasn't like that. This is just something that's come in to me in the last few years and it's a joke every week, isn't it? You know, you see and you buy the League Express newspaper and there's a big column in there of all the people that's been charged and, you know, years ago, you didn't, how many players got banned in a season? You'd be lucky if, one player got banned the whole season so I think you know something's got to be looked at there and just for the punishments as well because from one week to the next it, it can be totally different can't it and someone will get away with it someone will get a 10 game ban for this and I don't know it, it seems farcical at the moment the disciplinary side of the game yeah so what we'll do then now uh, we'll look at what our amateur sides did this week in amateur in Paul's amateur report Well, we start this week's amateur roundup by looking at Salford uh, Red Devils Academy Under-19s. There was no game for the Under-19s this weekend with the, with a magic weekend, but they're back in action on Bank Holiday Monday. That's the 30th of May when they take on London Broncos away from home. London Broncos currently third bottom in the table. Salford just above them in fifth bottom. So it's a vital game for Salford. So that's a three o'clock kickoff down in London on the 30th of May. There's also an Academy International this week coming up Friday the 27th of May. That's at the Halliwell Jones in Warrington. That's a curtain raiser to uh, Warrington Super League tie with uh, Leeds Rhinos. It's England Academy against France Academy. So that should be a, a great spectacle. That so hopefully we'll be able to see some highlights of that on the on the television. But that's a half past five kickoff at the Halliwell Jones on Friday night. Well, moving on to the National Conference Leagues, we've got a few results from last weekend. We've got a result in the Premier Division, that was Rochdale-Mayfield 22, Pilkington-Rex 22. Mayfield coming from down from a 16 points to 4 half-time deficit to share the spoils with Pilkington-Rex. Both sides are locked in the sort of lower end of the table at the moment. Um, both sides on seven points, so that was a, a very closely fought contest there. Moving on to Division Two, a couple of results in there. Uh, Saddleworth Rangers 14, Salford City Roosters nil. Uh, bit of a bit of a bad one for the uh, for the Roosters really in that derby game. We've got a report for this one as well. Saddleworth Rangers are unbeaten in the last three games after seeing off Salford City Roosters. Oliver Kerr did the damage for the Rangers score in the opening try with just two minutes on the clock, but Michael Devaney failed to convert. However, he was successful with 23 minutes gone when Kerr went in again for a 10-0 half-time lead. It was defence orientated in the second period with the only try coming eight minutes into the second half from Jack Holden. Salford had their chances, but the Rangers' defence remained watertight as the home side recorded their fifth win of the campaign. So full-time there, saddled with Rangers 14, Salford City Roosters nil. Moving on to Division 3, 
couple of results for the Oldham sides in there. Waterhead, 34. Rail and Sharks, 30. And Drillington against Oldham St. Anne's. Well, this game was abandoned after 15 minutes with Drillington leading 6 points to 4. That was after uh, a suspected broken neck by Drillington's Tom Morbitt. He was taken by air ambulance to uh, a nearby St. James's Hospital in Leeds. And... Um, Scans later confirmed nothing had shown up, so hopefully the injury is not as bad as first fear. But that match getting abandoned there is a precaution. And uh, Tom Morby, you know, we wish him all the best and hope he's, he's feeling better soon. So there's just one fixture coming up this weekend. It's, that's in Division 3, and it's a big derby in Oldham between Oldham St. Anne's and the Waterhead Warriors. That's Saturday, the 28th of May. We've also got a game midweek, that's on Wednesday the 25th of May. Waterhead Warriors play East Leeds, that's in the Conference Challenge Trophy. They're the only fixtures this week in the National Conference League. We'll turn our attention now to the North West Men's League. We start off with uh, the results in Division 1. These ties were played on Saturday the 21st of May 2016. There was quite a few games postponed. The game between Bamber Bridge and Folly Lane was postponed, that was in Division 1. In Division 2, Berry Broncos 16, Lee Minor Rangers A28. Um, Oldham St Anne's A20, Manchester Rangers 18. And the game between Rochdale Mayfield A and Halton Farm with Hornets was postponed. Moving on to Division 4, Bolton Mets versus Kulcheth Eagles was postponed. Little Hulton Reds against Carrie's Head Rhinos was postponed. West Hotton Lions against Manchester Rangers was also postponed. In Division 5, the game between Carrie's Head Rhinos A and Langworthy Reds was postponed. Uh, Salford City Roosters A versus Oral St James was also postponed. Moving on to the Merit League, Little Borough beat the Mancunians by 32 points to 24. So the fixtures for this week, there's not many again. Uh, we've got one on Thursday night in Division 5. That's Caddy's Head, Rhinos A versus Langworthy Reds. And that's a rearranged game from Saturday. Uh, Division 2, this is on Friday the 27th of May. We've got Halton, Farnworth Hornets against Manchester Rangers. That's Friday night. And there's two games on Saturday in Division 4. Little Halton Reds take on Caddy's Head, Rhinos. And then the Merit League, we've got Little Borough against North West Tigers. Both those games, Saturday the 28th of May. And just one last piece of amateur news before we close up the amateur section for this week. A bit of, a, bit of good news regarding uh, Billy Brickhill, who signed a deal until the end of the season with uh, the North Wales Crusaders. Brickhill can play hooker or half-back. You know. He's been on, uh, on trial at Salford recently, the 19-year-old, but he's really caught the eye of... Uh, the, the Crusaders coaching staff. He's had spells with Chester Gladiators and Caddy's Head Rhinos, but he's gone on to sign there for North Wales Crusaders. You know, the best of luck to him. That's fantastic news there. He's obviously uh, been doing something right to catch the eye of uh, their coaching team. So we wish him all the best, and hopefully, with our links and ties with the North Wales Crusaders, you never know, we might see him playing in, in a Salford Red Devils shirt very, very soon. But that's, that's brilliant news for, uh, for young Billy, and I wish him all the best and, uh, and, and good luck to you, pal. Just one last piece of amateur news before we close up the amateur section for this week. A bit of, a bit of good news regarding uh, Billy Brickhill, who signed a deal until the end of the season with uh, the North Wales Crusaders. Brickhill can play hooker or half-back. You know. He's been on, uh, on trial at Salford recently, the 19-year-old, but he's really caught the eye of uh, the, the Crusaders coaching staff. He's had spells with Chester Gladiators and Caddy's Head Rhinos, but he's gone on to sign there for North Wales Crusaders. You know, the best of luck to him. That's fantastic news there. He's obviously uh, been doing something right to catch the eye of uh, their coaching team. So we wish him all the best, and hopefully with our links and ties with the North Wales Crusaders, you never know, we might see him playing in, in a Salford Red Devils shirt 
very very soon. But that's that's brilliant news for uh, for young Billy, and I wish him all the best and uh, and good luck to you, pal. Cheers for that, Paul. Now what we'll do, we'll preview the game against Wakefield on Friday night. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So Salford take on Wakefield on Friday at the AJ Bell Stadium. Crucial game, Gaz. You know, Salford, after a good win at Magic Weekend, will hopefully want to kick on and win again. Yeah, they both will, don't they? That, I think that's what makes the uh, the game one to look forward to, really. But, uh, yeah, we need to win it if we've got any, any aspirations of staying in the, uh, getting in the top eight. And I suppose Wakefield will be looking at it thinking, well, they've got uh, quite a few high games coming up and Salford might be the easiest of, of those games. So, they'll be up for it at all, I imagine. Yeah, Wakefield won't be a pushover, Paul. They're on a good run at the moment. I think winning seven in the last eight. Um, it's going to be a big game and you know the players are going to have to perform to, to get a result yeah they certainly are I mean they, they turned us over at their place didn't they earlier on in the season and uh, they beat us quite comfortably really in the end so uh, so yeah it's going to be tough I mean the last few times we played them at home they've been close games haven't they there's not been many many points in it you know four and six points here and there last season in the middle eights as well it was a tight one so I don't think it's going to be an easy game but um, it's a game you've got to win on it if you want to finish in the top eight you've got to beat the likes of Wakefield at home no disrespect to them, but um, I can't see them finishing the top four. So it's a winnable game, isn't it? And I think, you know, with Tim Sheens, where he's been saying about, you know, making it into a fortress. And to be fair to the, the players, I mean, over the last 18 months or so, we've, we've won quite a lot of games at home, haven't we? And, you know, towards the back end of last season, we, we was pretty good at home. So in the regular season, now we've got five home games out of the eight games left. So we can pick up sort of, you know, four or five wins. We've got a good chance of making the eight. Yeah, they've got a, a strong... Uh, contingent of ex-Reds, Gaz, uh, with the, with the likes of Ashurst and Ben Jones Bishop. You know they'll want to do. You know, get one over us on us uh, this time. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think I'm right in saying I think they're a bit stronger than what they were when we played them at their place. And uh, did Louis play? I'm not sure if Louis played in that game. Did he? Was no, he, he didn't. He was he was on sideline for that game. Yeah. So if he's a bit fitter than he was last week. Um, two two stronger sides, but yeah, they're, they're, those ex Reds definitely you wanna you wanna stick it to your old employee employers, don't you? Yeah, who's your danger man for the Wakefield Trinity Wildcats, Paul? I think that Miller's a good player. The halfback, I mean, he, he's always dangerous. Him, I, I like him. I think he's a you know he's a, he's a good player to watch. The other halfback, Finn's uh, dangerous. Jones Bishop, he looked pretty good against Catalan. He scored two tries, so. And the winger, I like the winger Johnston. I think he's a really good young player, uh, that Tom Johnston. So uh, there's a few there to look at. They've got a bit of pace as well, Wakefield out wide. And uh, I, I've been surprised at the way they, they've progressed um, from last season because last season they were quite a poor outfit. But now they look they look a team, don't they? They all seem to work for each other. And uh, there's a few danger men I think there we need to watch out for. But I think we should have more than enough to, to beat them at home. Yeah, be interesting battle up front as well, Gaz. The likes of Kermund and Scruton for Wakefield. You know, they won't take a backward step. No, I think Kirkman's just signed a, a new deal as well, aren't they? So he'll be uh, he'll be he'll be buzzy. So uh yeah, it'll be interesting. It were two 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 sets of, of big lads as well, so Yeah. Salford's nineteen man squad is Bibby Johnson, Evels Flanagan, George Griffin, Hellaraki, Jones, Joseph, Copjack, Brinicky, Lannon, Louis. Murdoch Masala, O'Brien, Sow, Tompkins, Vidder, Adam Warren, and Jordan Warren. That's, that's, I'll tell you, that's quite impressive. That many names in two tweaks, Paul. 
You know, they've only got, you know, whatever it is, 180 characters, and, you know, they've managed to fit them all in. Yeah, not, we must have a few players with short names, then, like Jones and <laughs> what have you. But, yeah, that, that's good. That's good work, that. We've got a fairly strong side out there. I think Carney's missing, isn't he? And, uh, and yeah. Josh, Josh Griffin. Uh, we'll miss Carney because you'll miss his goal forward, won't we? Because he makes a lot of yards. It's like having an extra forward in the side. So we're going to miss him, aren't we? But, you know, young Niles back in the side. And I was impressed with him in the centres against St. Helens. I thought he had a good game. And, you know, if we can use him right, he, he can cause problems, can't he? I mean, look at last season, the way, way he was playing there. I think it's just getting him that confidence back in it. And he looked like he got a bit of that back to me against St. Helens. So, uh, so yeah, we've, we've got a strong squad out there. And, uh, you know, Araki's another one who's... Um, you know, took a bit to, to get back, you know, to fitness. He's had his, his injury problems, hasn't he? And I think once he gets back firing on full, you know, full gas, I think he'll be a, an handful as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, what Amazon Friday. Don't forget, you can get your, your Daredevil tickets as well uh, from the club. A great, you know, family initiative, Gaz. You know, getting all the family down uh, for a cheap price. Yeah, it is. I mean, because it's not cheap, is it? You know what I mean? The fa- if you're doing a family ticket, uh, you know, regular price, it, it's quite expensive. So, obviously, Salford have this legacy starting from the Junior Devils in the 80s, don't they, of, of uh, doing kids cheap and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, you were you were one of the Junior Devils, weren't you, guys? Yeah, so I got me past somewhere. I think the photos still are kind of hanging around like a bad smell on the internet somewhere. <laughs> you can suppose you could dig it out. So what do you reckon the score prediction will be, Paul? Actually, we'll start with what's the weather going to be like first. The weather for Friday is going to be nice, I think, on Friday, according to... I'm not the weatherman, you know. I only look on my phone. <laughs> I'm that daft app on my phone. Anyway, I got it wrong on uh, no. that, didn't I? Yeah. I, I thought... said it was going to rain, because I know they were saying on the... The forecast was rain, though, because Eddie Emmons said on the Sky thing that, oh, he's expecting, you know, really bad weather. And I was surprised when I, when I got there to Newcastle with the family. We went, we went up and stayed at my sister-in-law's and I had, like, a big coat and everything and got there and it was, it was lovely. So, uh, but it's supposed to be going to be all right this Friday, I think. So, I'm going for a 36-18 win to Salford. 36-18. How about you, Gaz? Ooh, I think it'd be close. Uh, ooh, let's uh, 24-20, I'm going to go for. And your weather prediction? Uh, well, it's got its own microclimate at that place, so sunny Wind everywhere, it. and then absolutely windy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for cloudy with a bit of wind, uh, and I'm going to go for Salford to, to win 28-4. I think we're going to come out of the blocks again early and destroy them. I've got a feeling. Might be wind, but I've got a feeling. <laughs> Where's the win, Rob? Is that your nerves? Yeah, that's the nerves. It's a, it's a big game, isn't it? And you know, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. You know, hopefully, you know, the boys will be up for it after the great magic weekend win. Um, you know, wait for you on a good run of farm, and you know, their bubble's gonna have to burst sooner or later, isn't it? We've, we've got to take that defence, haven't we? I think the defence from the second half against Widnes was really solid, and I think if we can take that defence in against Wakefield, I mean, yeah, Wakefield have had some good wins, haven't they? But I think. Not taking anything away from, them. I think they've beat, they've played sides at a good time, haven't they? They played Wigan at a good time when they had a load of injuries. Uh, they played Warrington when they had quite a few injuries out as well. So they, they, they've been lucky, haven't they? I thought, I thought watching the the game back against Catalan, I thought they were a bit fortunate really to to win that game, you know. And uh, you know that look's not going to last forever, is it? And hopefully it comes to an end on Friday. Yeah, hopefully Salford will uh, come away with a victory, victory in the two points and continue our quest uh, to get back in the uh, the top eight. So that's another end of another podcast. Another great show, Gaz. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for inviting me. Cool. Paul, another good show. Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, it's been a good one. And uh, 
really looking forward to Friday night. I think it's going to be a dead exciting game and let's get that two points. Yeah, and obviously we heard some really bad news, haven't we? We have had a bit of bad news, yeah. We've, um, you know, Janice uh, Haywood passed away, I think it was on the Friday before the uh, the Magic Weekend, her daughter Nicola Texas, so that was some really, really sad news there. Janice has been a supporter for, for a long time and, um, you know, she's... Um, Goes back with my dad and his his brother from like you know the the glory days of the late sixties early seventies. So, uh, so that's a really sad loss and that and my thoughts and and that were with with Janice and the family on Saturday. And I'm glad the boys got a result for her. Yeah, as I say, the thoughts you know from the podcaster with Chris and Nicola and the rest of the family at this sad time. For listening to this week's podcast, um, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.